CKT 90.3 FM in Montreal. You're tuned into Free City Radio. Thank you for being with us. Um, we just heard a piece by The Knife. Heartbeats is what we heard. And um, that was selected by our guest today, uh, who is Christine Francis, who is a print artist um, and uh, has been involved in various... Um, uh, initiatives uh, both here and in New York City uh, creates beautiful multi-layered print work um, and um, has for a long time supported uh, many community activist efforts through um, their art. Uh, good morning. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Right on. Um, thanks so much for joining us in studio. I, I've seen your work for quite some time um, and uh, it's, it's difficult to describe in words, but it's really amazing. Um, can you maybe uh, just share with us uh, a bit about um, y your, your work? And it's very physical. Um, there's a lot of like hand printing involved and layers. Um, um, yeah, maybe we could just start there. And, uh, and also, um, I know that you are in Montreal right now, but you worked between New York and Montreal for some time. Yeah. Um, hi. Hey. Thank, I, thanks for the song, by the way. Of course. Yeah. It's uh, my fave printing. Well, that <laughs> album is my fave printing album, or album to print to. Right on. Um, yeah. I, I guess I come from a background mostly in screen printing. I started to do like sort of like DIY stuff, um, like coming from punk and then um, through activism. Uh, I was just like really attracted to screen printing because it was easy to do. I could hand cut the stencils and then, um, you know, make patches or posters and give them to friends. It was like an easy way to um, get information out there. Uh, I guess now I'm like I'm doing my master's at Concordia after running a print shop in New York. And I'm focusing more on or learning woodcut and using sort of wood grain and construction materials in my work uh, as I try to address um, sort of er big urbanization projects here in Montreal and New York and um, gentrification in general. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to go back to before I would really like to address the urbanization and gentrification issues you're looking at in your work. but. Just on the point of like using print art as a way of communicating um, in the age of social media, that seems like another dimension for maybe a lot of people. Um, but the flyers and posters you make are very striking and and catch your attention. For you, why is that physical realm and also the the community aspect involved in creating physical um, print art to share information about activism? Why is that important to you? today okay I'm gonna try I'm gonna try and answer that but I might forget part of it um yeah one thing I'd like to say that just like came to mind when you were asking that is that um I'm finding people still really really respond to print yeah um I just I just put up like a vitrine at school of political prints that from my own collection and I had like a few classes of undergrads and some students from Sejap uh come in and I I gave them sort of an introduction to the posters and they're all like really excited to see things that were actually in print. So I think print still is like really powerful in that way that it's like tactile. 
um, people want to have something to take with them mm-hmm. and uh, or like to put up in their house or just to like have this thing that they can touch. I think uh, coming out of like the 90s or like the late 90s in activism, there was still like a lot of print and, you know, people still pass around flyers. And I think that history is like really important. I still I still really collect those things. As far as like the age of social media, I think even that those images still circulate on social media. And I think that's really exciting because people are making are still making posters or like in the case of Just Seeds, where they have those downloadable graphics that you Mm -hmm. can just people are downloading those and printing them out and getting them out to the street. So that's really exciting. But they also circulate on social media um, just as like Mm -hmm. posters. Yeah. yeah, So the like graphic nature of it, I think, is still like really relevant. But also like in in, like the type of printing you do, each piece is not exactly the same. There's like a, a, a unique quality to each work. Oh, yeah. I'm super into that. Like, I hardly ever do something that's like a true edition. Uh-huh. Um, and I love the misprint. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's my fave. Yeah, because like, um, I've seen different posters you worked on. And, and yeah, there is a, like a character that changes throughout the process, even if it seems like if you're printing a poster, maybe the color like of red will, will sort of shift or the placement of a different layer will change. Yeah, definitely. I'm not, um, you know, having worked in that like really professional world and like gotten to like a really high standard of, um, I don't know, like just like not expertise, but like just being really good at making all of the prints exactly the same. Wow. Like when I came back here, I just really, when I'm doing my own work, I just, I throw all that out the window because I find it like kind of boring. Uh, 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 and stressful, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, sure. I don't care if, if my prints are exactly, like, editioned properly or, like, all the same. When, when we're talking about printing, we're talking about, like, whether it's silk screening or different different machines that you're using. A lot of them are, like, really old school machines, and they're from, like, another generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, maybe a lot of people who see that style of, like, DIY poster or, like, do-it-yourself aesthetic poster maybe perhaps don't know where it comes from like what what are some of these machines i know you have access to them at concordia but i'm sure when you ran the print shop in in new york city there was like you you had to have this all this equipment oh yeah well when i was in new york i really just had the um like screen printing Uh so i had like a t-shirt press uh which was like an older one it was from the 90s but it was like sort of top of the line for the 90s and then I really just had two hinges on my, uh, like, print table. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But um, Radix Media, for instance, like, who I worked with, uh-huh. they had an old um, offset press, and now they've, like, paired up with Wasp uh, printmaking, and they do um, letterpress, which is, like, sort of the oldest. Well, almost the oldest form of printmaking. Wow, 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 wow. Um yeah, I mean, uh, particularly the. I mean, just uh, when I see that type of printing, like the the personal nature of it is just so striking. You know, especially like in in the context of so much mass production, like you know, letterpress or the silk screen you talked about. It, it has that very personalized quality. It feels like that uh, it was made organically in a sense. Yeah, right. Which is so wild because like when these when these technologies came out they were like mass production right this was part of like industrialization which is super interesting to see like 
I don't know, the like contradiction now where we think we feel like that is like sort of more organic or. Yeah. So, so in terms of the work that you've done and also like how I got to know you was through Just Seeds, you know, which is this sprawling activist um, network. Um, can you, can you talk a bit about the relationship that you built between like social activism that you feel is important and that you support and your print art? How was figuring out that relationship and that communication um, as an artist who also supports these movements for social justice? How was that process for you? Um, so I, I was involved in punk in the 90s and that was like, I think like maybe way more like explicitly political than maybe it is now. Um, so that's where I like sort of came to like consciousness, not like, like I was a jerk before. I like didn't think about things when I was a teen, but then I, I actually was on the West Coast um, in 99 for the WTO and uh, went down there as like an 18 year old who like didn't really know so much about it. Um, the protests against the World Trade Organization in Seattle in 1999. Yeah, and that was hugely influential on me because, uh, you know, we were able to shut it down and uh, I never thought that was possible. So after that, I just had, uh, like as someone that was like coming of age, I feel like it like really uh, inspired me and and maybe like influence what I thought was possible in the world. So that was really exciting. And then after that, I was, um, I just got into activism more. And then uh, I was here for the um, FTA protests in Quebec City. And that was also a really exciting time. And then I went to Halifax and I, um, to go to NASCAD and I started organizing there. And through that, I was just making like more patches and prints. And then I guess I've tried to maintain that um, throughout the years, maybe less directly involved in activism and more trying to support um, with like posters and mm -hmm. art in some way. For, for someone who was part of those demonstrations um, for social justice, for equality in the Americas, you know, you mentioned the protests against the, the uh, free trade area of the Americas agreement that was taking place in Quebec City in 2001. Why was it important to try to communicate what you were feeling and why, why it was important for you to join those protests in, in print? Why, why was that like translation uh, for you as an artist important? Because some people will say, well, I just make art and it's just, you know, kind of a personal process. Um, for you as an artist, why, why was trying to translate your, your feelings about society and the movements you're a part of into print art? Why was that important? Um, I think that uh, art is sort of unique um, in, in the way that it, it, like, visually represents ideas that are, like, pretty complex. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like to make posters that are like really direct, mm -hmm. but I also make art that I think is like a little more, not like nuanced, but not, not so easily read because sometimes I'm trying to figure out not how I feel because I, I know how I feel about these issues, but like I'm trying to figure out some way to portray it in a way that makes people think more or like consider things that they might not have considered before. Mm -hmm. As far as like translating it into print, I'm always just translating like what I think is important um, and movements I think are important in the world and trying to depict that visually because um, 
that's how I like understand the world as uh, as an artist. I'm sort of like more visual than than essay writer. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure, sure. Um, so in terms of like, uh, there's um, so much to talk about, but um, in terms of like the projects you're working on right now, could you maybe describe some of what you're doing um, in terms of your print uh, projects. I've seen some of the stuff online and it seems, and you mentioned it earlier, it's a lot about urban space and gentrification. Yeah. Uh, so right now I'm working in woodcut and uh, I'm doing this process with, at school, we have access to this laser engraver, which is a laser printer that like basically like can burn things. Um, wow. And so I've used it to cut wood blocks so I can do digital image images sort of similar to how I would with screen printing, but then I can also integrate this with, like I can sand the wood or like bring up the grain in the wood, so that kind of like interacts and disrupts um, mm -hmm. the images that I've already cut. And then I'm also, I'm also working with this chipboard, which is, it's like the chipboard that they put like to fence off construction areas. And I'm sort of, playing with that as like a camouflage or a screen for the images um, that I've already printed, which are usually images, well, images that I take, like photographic images of Montreal, usually spaces like in transition, uh -huh. um, some that are like excavated, mostly like trying to get at the change in, in these like abandoned spaces or these spaces were never finished and like new construction and like condos, etc. And I guess in this, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying to show this transition, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm also really interested in what I think of as like this, this fallow type of city or part of cities or like in between spaces that, that are, that practically don't exist now, but were spaces where people congregated and could feel sort of like free in. Wow. Um, because the spaces was like under underused, you know, I'm thinking like sort of like, of the like tracks in my land where people used to have bonfires and how the city sort of has taken over these spaces and, and sanitized them in a way in this in the same way that they're doing a lot of like renovation and construction of public places. But uh -huh. they seem to be renovating them in, in the way that the public spaces are are less accessible to like certain types of people. Um, or they're like less conducive for, for people to actually hang out in um, for like a long period of time. You know, there's less grass, you know, no place to sleep. Uh -huh. um, and this type of transition affected New York City a lot too, where you lived. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I can, I'm definitely really influenced from my time in New York. I was there for like nine years and uh, I just watched like Brooklyn transform in this insane kind of way where there, there used to be those type of spaces like when I first moved there and now, um, well, like the waterfront of Williamsburg is totally sanitized and Manhattan's been transformed yeah. and you have this sort of like Disney World effect yeah. happening, but mm -hmm. it, it actually like polices the way people use space. And uh, for me, I think cities should really be about, they really are about um, mm -hmm. social space and and. People live their streets like, uh, or live their lives on the streets. They're like, they're more public. And I think that there's like a danger in this um, suburbanization, I think, of, of city space. Wow, 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 wow. Um, 
and and in terms of Montreal, like um, you you mentioned using photography, like are there specific locations that you've photographed or like places that are important to you in terms of speaking to these processes as an artist that you've mentioned? I kind of yeah, I kind of collect from like from all over. Mm -hmm. Usually they're they're like phone photos that I use. Um, and a lot of them I have, I was like working as a bike messenger. So I was delivering wow. to a lot of these zones that were, uh -huh. um, uh -huh. you know, gentrifying, mm -hmm. like a lot of Griffin town and stuff. I've taken a lot of photos there. Mm -hmm. Um, especially cause that's like, it's like a bizarre zone of like insane mm -hmm. construction. Uh, there's like just like really clear contrast in between like old and new mm -hmm. and, and like, obviously like, like rich and working class. Mm -hmm. Um, and also Griffintown has that, like, has that crazy history of being like gentrified, like a few times or like people being pushed out, et cetera. Wow. Wow. Christine Francis is joining us in studio print artist, um, uh, whose work, um, was, um, um, for many years in New York city, but is now living in Montreal. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess people have heard your thoughts and a bit about your process. If they would be interested to see your work, um, is there anywhere people can look up online what you do and um, or any events coming up or projects you're working on that you'd like to talk about? Uh, um, mostly right now I'm working on my MFA thesis, respect, which is, which is going to happen in March. Uh, which I'll be really excited when I finish it yeah, and can be back in the world more. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, I feel maybe silly saying this, but the, the best way to find me on the internet is on Instagram because uh -huh. I'm really bad at uh, updating my website, which is outoflinepress.com. Outoflinepress.com. But uh, yeah, you can also find me on Instagram. Uh -huh. I'm at Miss Prince. Right on, right on. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Of course. Yeah. And you've selected uh, a song to go out, which is Propagandi. Nation States. Right on. We've been uh, in studio with Christine Francis, uh, who is a print artist. Um, and I uh, really encourage you to check out Christine's work. Uh, Christine is doing a uh, Master of Fine Arts right now at Concordia, works uh, also with the Just Seeds Artist Cooperative and uh, outoflinepress.com. Um, thank you uh, to all of the listeners today uh, for joining us. Uh, I'm your host, Stefan Christoph. Do stay tuned. The XX Files are coming up next. Untouchable focus a moment, not in approval. Bury our heads in the bargains of these neo colonials. A former nemesis, a woman of the nation state. Now put some grace up for a new bed, now I'm concentrating. Try again, but now we'll confuse what is class war. This is class war, yes, this is class war. 
Unrestricted labor law 